Hello, everybody, and welcome to Generally Casual. I almost said the wrong name, and I'm so glad I didn't. Hey, hey, did I'm it. your co-host, Michael, and joined with me today is... Michael, wait. Richard. Nope. Wait. Corey. Corey. Oh, there we go. That's all the we names. We found him. Um, so today, we're uh, getting right into it. We're talking about Disney and everything that is Disney itself. We're doing a little history. We're doing a little talking. Uh, you know, if you have never heard of Disney, let me quickly tell you, they own everything. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> they okay, own the so, world. So the next one we're going to talk about is Apple. No. <laughs> and Google. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, in a battle of who owns everything, does Disney own Apple or does Apple own Disney? Oh, does surprisingly Disney enough. Apple? Uh, I think that Disney would end up owning Apple. Mm. At some point, actually, they did a partnership. Uh We'll go into this now. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Why not? Yeah. Um, funnily enough, when Pixar was its own independent company, Pixar is now owned by Disney. Um, they had two major uh, benefactors or like investors. One was Disney, mm-hmm. and the other was Apple. Mm-hmm. So they actually both. The reason why their company pretty much was basically because Apple and Disney both said, "Yeah, we want you to do this." Huh. And then eventually, um, Disney just straight up bought them and said, no, we're, you guys are doing amazing. Just keep doing amazing <laughs> thing for us. They just did that. Uh, what, Michael, what's that uh, Marvel villain that just eats? Oh, Galacticus. 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 That's what Disney is. Yes. It, yes. Disney's just Galacticus of corporations. So funnily enough, actually, that became a trend um, more so in like the 2000s. Yep. Because... Uh, in their older history, they were just kind of bouncing around, flandering, just trying to figure out how to do what they were going to do. And it all started, obviously, what the whole reason that the companies named it is because the person, the two people technically that founded Disney is Walt and Roy O. Disney. Mm-hmm. That was their last name. Yeah. So uh, because of that, you're going to give our definition of Disney. From Lexico. No, I'm kidding. No, it actually literally <laughs> there is, is a Lexico definition. That's what of I looked up. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. To not surprise anyone, remember Disney is an actual word too. Is it? Go, Richard. Yeah. So <laughs> the property is actually separate from the definition, and the definition of the word is reminiscent of a film or theme park created by the Walt Disney Company, especially in being. Simplified, sanitized, or romanticized. No, no, no. So when you say say it's a word after the thing, you can't be like that's that's why. So when you talk about Disney, that's pretty Disney. That's the whole point. Is it's you're you're referencing the company or one of their properties. That's pretty Disney. Yeah. No, Corey, you're pretty Disney today. Nah, nah. That Uh, that's like saying like Shakespearean. Or that, like that's exactly that's like, literally a word too. People say that. Yeah, but it's like uh, I just I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's a podcast. I oh don't like well. It. So as an example, <laughs> you can use it in the same way Shakespeare, like Disneyfying something. Yeah. Like that's the whole point is you're molding it to what would stereotypically be Disney. But it was a word after yes. the thing came about. Yes, correct. Yes, it's not like ahead. Fantasia. No, that, that's that's how words exist, Corey. Usually something happens and then a word gets but, created because of it. But to be honest, you never know. The etymology, wait, etymology is a word yes. study? Yeah, the etymology, etymology, I said it right the first time, um, of Disney could be different. You never know. Where does Disney come from? 
I guess we'll find out. Hey. Or we won't, because maybe we didn't look that far. But uh, uh, also, this podcast will teach you about vertical and horizontal integration uh, when talking about monopolizing on businesses. We're not going over business strategies. (laughs) I won't try and explain why Disney does the things they do. No, we don't explain why. We explain what they're doing. That's true. Because when you go up and down... Like that's what Disney did. They're like, oh, well, we don't got a studio. Make a studio. Well, we don't. Ha- we don't have a way to produce that. Well, let's let's make a way to produce that. Oh, do we need do we need to own theaters? Oh, that's the one thing we haven't touched yet. <laughs> but so, they do have a theater. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> a uh, private one. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do have their own theater. Yeah. Finally, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the company itself obviously started with the two brothers. Two, two brothers. brothers. Just two brothers. Just two. Only two. And we got two brothers and a friend right here. Oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, they created a animation studio called Laughograms before they created the Walt Disney Studio. Um, and what they tried to do was integrate live action with animation, um, which they did, but it wasn't successful at all because right after they created Laughograms Animation Studio, they went bankrupt. The world wasn't ready for Roger Rabbit. That, I was about to say, that was like early Roger Rabbit. <laughs> More or less. Um, and then afterwards, in 1923, they created the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio. And then a few, well, much later after that, they changed the name actually to the Walt Disney Company. But um, yeah, it just stated as the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio. And for their first animated character, they created a character called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. That's right. It's not Mickey Mouse. Nope. It's Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. That's right. Which oddly kind of looks like Mickey Mouse. It does. But it's a bunny. interesting about him too as well is originally it was just a character that they created for Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were uh, contracted out to do that. Um, So Universal owned the rights to it. They didn't even own the rights to the character. But they at the time... It was not really popularized to have like a character that could have been cartoonified and like really mass popularized with the public as well. Like yeah, that absolutely. was one of the first characters that kind of became an icon of a brand. Yeah. Um, like we would like associate, you know, um, Mickey Mouse with Disney or um, I don't know. Well, I mean, other, in, at the time, yeah. characters I mean, it's the same thing studios. like video games, like yeah. also, Sonic for Sega, Mario. At the time, live action was a lot more popular. Well, that was kind of the thing. Like mm-hmm. animation wasn't really big in America yeah. at all. Um, and so they they ended up making, I think it was twenty three little animated shorts for Universal. Mm-hmm. And then, from what I was reading, basically, they actually got kind of peeved that Universal held on to the rights of their character that they obviously created. Yeah, I think it was um, Universal then decided that they wanted to kind of take control of that character more from the Disney brothers, and they actually hired their animation team behind their backs, um, and essentially only one of the guys who was on that original animation team uh, ended up staying with Walt Disney. And that guy ended up being the guy who did the design for Mickey Mouse. Spoiler alert, that actually happens a lot to Disney. 
his his animation teams like a lot of them just end up leaving because he wasn't the most popular guy with his animators anyway he was not an easy man to work with well, in general yeah. i mean to be honest uh and we'll get into it but that's i would say where most of disney comes from is from his head oh yeah and from him getting what he wants done and that's what you could say about a lot of popular things nowadays is like oh are they crazy people? No, they're not crazy people. They just want what they want done a certain way. I mean, you could also look at Marvel in the same way. We'll get to Marvel. Uh, <laughs> you look at Marvel the same way. I mean, like, there's two there's two guys who basically upstarted that whole company with their amazing ideas, but they ran the ideas. They didn't go, hey, here's an idea. Ha! George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, his is the same way. I mean, but you know. Well, that's the funny thing is actually Lucas is almost the opposite because the original, not to go off on a major tangent, there was a lot of people involved with the original Star Wars trilogy. He technically didn't even direct. If we're talking about control, like the control over a a product. Oh yeah, but that that, happened after. Yeah, he he desperately. Richard also, you can't. But that's all under Disney nowadays. So you know, we'll you know, yeah. you can't get away from talking about Disney now that we're talking about Star Wars. It's and very stuff. true. Yep. <laughs> so being that uh, the Disney brothers were not too happy with Universal for basically taking the character away from themselves, uh, on a train ride, Walt came up with a character uh, to personify that their brand, which was originally called Mortimer Mouse. He came up with the idea, drew up some sketches on this train, took it home to his wife. His wife said, what the heck's that name? I hate that. <laughs> and so then he changed it to Mickey Mouse. And I think Mortimer Mouse and in like some of the early Mickey Mouse cartoons is actually still a character. He's just like the the anti-Mickey. He's like a, he's a villain oh, yeah. version. Um, I believe in a couple of the video games, Mortimer actually is the anti-Mickey mm-hmm. um, in... Uh, it was like the paint one for the Wii, and I can't remember what it's called. Epic Mickey, I think is what yeah. it's called. Um, so, yes, that obviously birthed the iconic mouse that a lot of people, a lot of the world knows is uh, the brand of Disney and, and the face of Disney and things yeah. like that. Um, in which case, uh, then uh, a little bit later, um, the famous original big hit came out, which was Steamboat Willie. Which wasn't technically the first thing that he starred in. No. Um, so, Mickey... Most people think Steamboat Willie is the first time that Mickey shows up. But uh, Mickey actually originated earlier in a short that wasn't very popular. It flopped, like, majorly. And then the second short that he showed up in uh, was, like, <laughs> some sort of, like, cowboy-esque looking one. Uh, and that wasn't picked up by any studios whatsoever. So it didn't even get to see the light of day until much, much later down the line. Um, and then Steamboat Willie was the first one that picked up and got a lot of popularity. So that's kind of where people know Mickey from for the first time. And so then everything kind of blew up from there. They did a lot of uh, different shorts and uh, uh Mary Melodies was a big brand. So they did a lot of uh, shorts that had to do with music and other things like that. Um, And then eventually, as um, the popularity of the brand continued, they stopped wanting to do these little shorts and wanted to move on to feature-length films. And the first feature-length film that Disney ever released was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, um, which was massively popular. 
So I was going to say this earlier um, that, you know, maybe that's where the apple came from. (laughs) (laughs) Disney created Apple. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you could argue if you watch Snow White, there's definitely a scene with a bit apple. It, it looks very close to the, the Steve Jobs was just Walt Disney obsessed. that crawled out of the clone tank too early. Yeah. And it, he's and like love turtlenecks. Yeah. And on the on repeat was just Snow White over and over again. It just got stuck apple. at the apple seat. No, the, the turtleneck was because he crawled out of the tank too early. He didn't have enough spinal support. So there the turtleneck <laughs> sort of held his head up. Oh, uh, and I actually also want to get into shortly after this, after their full length, uh, during the 1940s, they also started doing massive war propaganda. Um, it's very rare to, you can't, I was going to say that war propaganda stuff, there's specifically a animated short for Disney uh, that is impossible to find unless you pirate it on the internet of um, Donald Duck saluting hitler saluting hitler yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i've seen clips of that i i had it at one point on my computer what what's really interesting is that uh the their company the disney brothers cartoon studio almost went under that was almost the se- that was the second time they would have lost their business but him partnering with the government to make these propaganda propaganda uh, films is actually what kept their animation studio going throughout that wartime. I was about to say, like, that's what gave them a bunch of money because the government was like, hey, you make really good cartoons, and that's what we're looking for now is how to make the war also cartoonish so it's kind of like getting kids into, like, what we're trying to do Recruiting. here. It, yeah, like, uh, they had recruitment videos. There was really, f- uh, like, a couple really anti-Japanese ones, a couple really anti-German ones. I think that one was, uh, I don't know if the one with Hitler is, like, Tokyo Jokio or something. Like, yeah, uh, it's, not great, sure. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Funnily enough, around that era as well, they also released, like, a bunch of films to do with, like, sex education um and one of them was like to do with like girls going through puberty and stuff like that and it was all very weird like, to, <laughs> I, to see him like do that kind of animation stuff i want i wouldn't be surprised actually they've done similar um oh similar type genre stuff with goofy so they actually had uh in these old cartoons they had you may remember them goofy learning how to do things Mm -hmm. so like one is uh how to uh get ready for the big game so then he'd like go to the um electronic shop buy a giant tv have a stereo system and obviously with goofy it's all hijinks and other things like that but the old original ones were like uh him exercising or him doing track and field stuff or other things like that and they ended up being like oddly educational in a terrible way which so. is really funny because <laughs> as he's doing there it wrong are yeah. rumors that um the only character that walt disney hated was goofy like well, he's literally he despised that he had no uh like it, he had no wit to it and it almost always was just about like it's a slap slap stupid comedic value yeah. Yeah. um and apparently he hated that he hated goofy as a character 
um, and had thought about axing that character a couple times, but they just <laughs> kept it along because apparently um, there was a period of time where Goofy animation actually gave his animation team more things to do so they could make more money. It makes sense. So, I mean, like I said, there's a whole series of individual character cartoons that they've, they've had for multiple times. Um, so after Snow White, um, that ended up being their big ticket thing. They went on to then start creating feature length films. Bigger movies. Um, yeah, way bigger movies. And that's the crazy thing is, is I, if you look back on the classic Disney films, you kind of don't realize unless you look up their release dates how old some of these films are yeah peter pan was like one of the early ones too wasn't it 101 dalmatians literally one of what like right around snow white's time only a couple years Mm -hmm. later fantasia was like way at the beginning and that was uh one of the ones that walt actually really wanted to continue that was his vision for fantasia was he wanted to actually do like a yearly or bi-yearly release for a fantasia movie wow and instead it was like two films yeah it was like 40 years between them yeah and that's the thing is they tried to do that again with fantasia 2000 and it just it didn't work in the way that they wanted it's gonna be every 40 years yeah exactly (laughs) uh so um they went on to do big ticket stuff with feature length films and then other things spawned. They actually uh, did a partnership with ABC, the television um, broadcast network, and released the Mickey Mouse Club, which was a bunch of teenagers doing fun teenage things in the 50s. Um, it actually spawned a lot of uh, careers, not only in the original showing of the Mickey Mouse Club, but later on when they re-released it in like the uh, 80s and 90s. Um, as an example, uh, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were both Mickey Mouse Club kids. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then the same year that the Mickey Mouse Club aired, uh, Disneyland became open to the public, which is Disney's theme park. Uh-huh. Um, massive undertaking. However, in the year that Disneyland opened, it lost a bunch of money. And on the day that it opened was one of the worst openings for a theme park ever. Wow. It was extremely hot. Half the rides didn't work, and everything was extremely long lines. Yeah, I think so it was my, just a really bad day. I think my favorite quote from uh, like when when testing out the theme parks is that Walt Disney's favorite ride was Pirates of the Caribbean because he liked how it felt. And the funny thing is, is uh, surprisingly enough, his favorite ride was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He actually died before the that ride was finished being made. Yeah, they actually had to sit him in a. Um, almost like an office chair mm-hmm. and roll him through the ride because it wasn't ready to be open. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's still his favorite. Yep. I mean, it's an impressive, it's an, impre- I, I love what they did with animatronics basically, because I think the theme parks is what like far beyond where a lot of their animatronics like went next level. I think he pioneered a lot of the yeah, he did, like, yeah. animatronic uh, stuff, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> to make sure it looks realistic, to make sure that it's smooth, not too, you know, robotic like, yeah, you. Uh, I think it was the, the the tropical room or whatever. Oh, the tiki, tiki room. Tiki yeah. room. That was like one of the, the big projects that he had with animatronics and having all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they're still pioneering some of that stuff today. Funnily enough, actually, uh, I believe in the past couple years, Disney actually still holds patents for some of the most lifelike animatronics in existence. Um, 
on the uh, new Star Wars rides that they they um, have. I don't remember. Oh, I think it's the Millennium Falcon one. Um, there is Hondo. An, yeah, Hondo um, is an animatronic that literally has almost perfect lifelike animation in his like animatronic. He is really? super smooth and and his facial features is great. And they're still improving on his animation through programming and and but the joints and everything else like the mechanics behind it is like flawless. Wow. Yeah. Um I don't know about the new Star Wars ride either, but I'm sure there's something in there. I'm sure. Yeah. So, continuing on, um as you just pointed out, um in he uh Waltz ends up uh, passing away uh, due to complications with lung cancer in 1966. To put that in perspective, too, I believe he was born 1901, so he died 65 at 65 years mm-hmm. old. Long time. Well, I mean, for that a long time for a chain smoker. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but <laughs> well, uh, and a, and a heavy drinker too. Yeah, like. But in in the grand scheme of things, like that's still like by today's standards, at least. Oh, not at all. Not that old. Yeah. No. Um, a few years later, in 1971, his brother ends up dying. Um, in 1983, the Disney Channel was created. Um, this is the original Disney Channel, not kind of what those that were born in the 80s and 90s know of what the Disney Channel is. Um, because in though they really pioneered a lot of uh fun animated TV shows and Disney original channel movies and other things like that. Heavily in the 90s and in the late 80s. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and then uh, 1984. Uh, so to kind of go back a little bit, when the Walt brothers passed away, obviously they had to have new people kind of take over mm-hmm. of the company. And the big one to take over was this guy named uh, Michael Eisner, who took over in the 80s. And he kind of started what was known as the Disney Renaissance. So in between the 60s to the 80s, some of their movies started not doing as well. And their animated stuff started not doing as well. So they were kind of having problems coming up with. They didn't have the same vision. Yeah. Well, and they also were trying to flood the market with their product. They Their plans were to release like two to three films a year. Wow. Um, and it Straight was to too DVD. much. Yeah. Straight to VHS. <laughs> and so the Disney Renaissance happened, and through that, um, they actually kind of heralded um, other uh, brands that were created. So as a prime example, Touchstone Pictures, they created that, or Eisner created it. Isn't to- that the one that released like a bunch of the horror films? Well, the the more rated R and PG thirteen films actually, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was actually a Touchstone picture, wasn't really? a Disney picture. Huh. Um, and a lot of the su- success of that film was their partnership that they actually did with Warner Brothers. <laughs> because that, that might be why you're like Acme and then Disney, yeah. because that was like Warner Brothers stuff funded by a <laughs> yes. So it was done through a subsidiary of Disney, Touchstone, and through that specific movie. Warner Brothers only let them use Looney Tunes properties if they could be more prevalent in the film than Mickey and his friends. And if they could, there was, I can't remember the other part to it, but basically they said, yeah, Bugs Bunny has to be on the screen more than Mickey Mouse. (laughs) And 
we have you have to show their stuff more than like basically like Looney Tunes has to be more or less the star versus Disney stuff, which is hilarious mm-hmm. because they absolutely did that. Yeah, <laughs> literally when they go to Toontown, like all a bunch of stuff that you see is only Warner Brothers characters, yeah. and uh, Bugs Bunny is in the film a lot more than Mickey Mouse is. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So yeah, but that actually made the film very successful because it's one of the few films that has a crossover between the two. So, and it was, it was literally cool. all about crossing between live action and animation, and animation. Mm-hmm. which is funny because that's how Disney started. Oh, yeah. Love so the, the Disney Renaissance was about kind of a redo of animated films and things like that. So as part of the Disney Renaissance, that's where like Little Mermaid came in, uh, Lion King, Aladdin, a lot of the more prevalent films, uh, Disney films of the 90s. So they redid a lot of that stuff um, to be more centri- uh, more popular storylines, more things like that. They took a lot of inspiration from kind of what the classics did, just done in a different way. Yeah. Um, so more original stories too, because I think a lot of the classics up to that point had been Grimm's, some sort of ripoffs of fairy some, tales. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, not to say that Aladdin and Lion King aren't ripoff of. Yeah, that's well, that's there. kind of the There's thing, right? Shakespearean place. <laughs> well, yeah, Lion King is literally Hamlet, and then Aladdin is a Aladdin. thousand tales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, Little Mermaid is an original, or is Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, yeah. But it's taking them and making them, I guess, kid friendly. More or less, yeah. yeah. They're not terrible, yeah. like horrific things. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So moving on, uh, one thing that I thought was cool was uh, uh, NA- the NHL, Disney created a hockey team, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, literally based off of a movie that they released the previous year. I was going to say, it was, it was literally the year after, after. That, that movie came out. It's like and a really, like, really expensive advertising campaign. It was, and it was called the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Too. <laughs> And they actually, Disney owned the team up until 2005. Wow. Yeah. So they owned it for quite a while, surprisingly enough. And I was surprised that I thought they got rid of it after a couple of years. And then we're like, here, you do this. You like hockey versus we're just a giant company. And during that time, they also switched from being called the Mighty Ducks to just the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks. Yes. And, and actually, I think it was literally in 2005 when they sold the Ducks, they stopped using the Mighty. Uh, also, funnily enough, uh, somewhere very close to 2005, they also won the Cup. Yes. <laughs> and they hadn't won the Cup previously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny. Um, in 1995, uh, they technically didn't buy them. It was a big corporate merger takeover thing. Um, but the network that it would had been so helpful to them previous they ended up buying them so abc they own abc now which also owns a, an 80 percent major stake in espn so disney owns abc espn so sport and television stuff then um originally they were trying to buy them up it's when jim henson was still alive but they couldn't there was a lot of different stuff associated with jim henson and bad stuff so they steered away from that and then after he passed away they bought that property in 2003 as you can see this is starting to become a trend trend in 2000 yeah. um already said they sold the ducks in 2005 um they obviously made a deal with pixar uh they released i believe toy story one two and uh i they i believe re- released a couple of movies up till the first 
Cars movie, and then Disney bought Disney them. Disney bought them. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's funny too about the you mentioned how they also bought back the rights for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the only reason why they got him back apparently was because uh, Universal Studios also owned a majority in another sports channel and they wanted a, a particular sports uh football announcer for their channel oh, yeah, and yeah. they traded him for oswald <laughs> that's the only reason why they got the that rabbit dude that's was right worth a rabbit <laughs> that's right because universal actually owns nbc sports and so, yeah, and the the commentator they wanted that they the wanted, commentator like, for their Friday we'll night you. football, yeah, That's... which is hilarious. So not only did they buy the rights back for Oswald, but like the twenty three episodes, they also got as well. So they own not only the character again, but they own the original twenty three shorts that they made too. It matters. Yeah, um, I mean, like we're gonna talk about in thirty seconds. Owning your own rights to stuff uh, does get you a lot more money than if you didn't own them. Well, <laughs> and surprisingly enough, I think the next literally three big things that they bought all had to do with each other pretty much. So yeah. in 2009, they bought Marvel. In 2012, they bought LucasArts. And then in 2019, they bought 21st Century Fox. The reason why they pretty much bought 21st Century Fox is is purely to get more of the Marvel uh, brands under the one brand. Yeah. Where I'm honestly very surprised they haven't bought Sony yet because Sony owns pretty much the rest of the Marvel uh, properties mm-hmm. that they don't have. <laughs> like That they sit on. <laughs> well, and I think it's only because Sony is actually uh, playing ball a little bit with their, well, their Spider-Man I was going to say, and around 2019, uh, 2016, 2017, is when they started doing uh, joint movies with uh, yeah, the sony uh yeah so they Spider-Man were like homecoming yeah they were like hey like you want to do a movie together and they were like one movie and and then they were like no more no more movies we're I mean, doing it on our own we'll make venom and it'll be great and then venom came out and was like it, was, it didn't do that great and they're like okay maybe more we'll do more yeah we'll do more movies <laughs> but yeah like after sony tried spider-man twice <laughs> well and that's the funny thing about it right is I think they're learning kind of their lesson and they did fight back a little bit with their, their contract negotiation, and other things like that. And don't, so Disney ended up eventually kind of subsiding a little bit, which we can all be thankful for. Mm-hmm. They make fantastic Spider-Man movies together and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they continue that or maybe if they don't, then Sony may end up becoming a Disney. Property. I mean, I, I do give Sony credit for like, you got to have someone to keep the heavyweights in check, right? Like if everything becomes Disney, then we are all just under Disney's like iron grip. Um, so like <laughs> iron claw, claws of Mickey. But- and, and I think in some cases it's been good. In other cases is it hasn't been I think the the approach that they've taken since they bought Marvel has been a much, and I think they learned a lot from Pixar, because as part of them buying Pixar, uh, John Lasseter, who was literally like at one point the head of Pixar, came over and he's now part of the board of directors of Disney. I think he has influenced Disney a lot more in recent years, um, in the past like 10, 20 years, and you've seen a lot more change in Disney. There wasn't that 90s 
even during that renaissance, there was a lot of bad movies that came out. Mm-hmm. Sequels to movies that are straight to DVD or straight to you know VHS and things it's like just that. Just to make money, yeah. And and they just churned out just really bad stuff. And when they refreshed it, when John Lasseter came over, uh, like in his example, uh, Princess and the Frog was a gorgeous movie. They brought back the classic animation style, and they brought back that logo where they said. Okay, Walt Disney Animation Studio is now its own thing. We're going to go back to the fundamentals. We're going to go back to the way, the way we did classic films. Yeah, because they saw what Pixar was doing. Pixar was making fresh, original content that had the joy that original Disney movies had. Like Lion King, uh, obviously cut music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, every, every single one of Disney's channel movies is basically a musical. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots of music. Yeah, but... They were like, oh, well, we like what you're doing. You know, let's do the same thing for Disney Studios. And so now we have two movies back, like every year that come out a solid about a specific theme movie from Pixar that's usually like multi layer of depths. I mean, like Soul was oh my goodness. terrific. I mean, yeah. uh, Inside Out uh, was also really, really good because and they're. It's still being used today for. Uh... Lots of uh, mental things. So uh, pediatricians and a lot of like uh, younger um, mental health stuff, they actually use Inside Out as a way for kids to learn about emotions. Yeah, oh, really. And yeah. also they have uh, you can have those stuffed animals be like, which one are you feeling right now? Yeah. Without having to be like, you know, describe to me what's going on in your head. It's like, it'll, I don't know, blue? It allows children to illustrate their feelings exactly. a little more easily. Definitely. And all of the Pixar movies are exactly like that. While the Disney side has gotten the quality back, has gone, well, let's pick a unique idea. Princess the Frog, well, we all know about the story about a princess who kisses a frog and, and then becomes a prince. And they were like, well, let's make it unique. Let's make it about New Orleans. Let's make Let's fill it up with every single like legend that surrounds New Orleans. Um, and everyone since then, I mean, I was not expecting Frozen to take off like it has. Oh my but goodness. it's way, way better of a movie than I ever expected, especially the second one. Well, I think also, um, like, post, I want to say, like, 2012, 2013, you see Disney start allowing a lot of the directors and producers to have more of a vision and more mm-hmm. control over it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think up until that point, a lot of it you see like when there's like a heavy corporate influence in a Disney product, it doesn't tend to go very well, mm-hmm. but like I'll even use like animated clone wars series or rebels or and Mandalorian, like the star Wars stuff when they give the reins to Dave Filoni or to, um, uh, Kevin Fahey? Um, no, or, you're talking uh, about for Star Wars. For Star Wars. Oh, um, Dave, um, uh, Chef, uh, John Favreau. John Favreau. Favreau. Like yeah. that, they just take it and it goes to amazing places. Yeah, if you if you haven't noticed uh, the beginning of all of their movies now, um, except for the ones that have come out the past year, but they'll still have shorts on them. Um, Pixar, instead of need, doing yeah. uh, Disney produced shorts, they're giving the reins over to uh, independent. Yeah, independent studios. Independent studios and going, hey, make us uh, make us a short for this movie. Um, give it a theme. But it doesn't have to be tied to this to the movie anymore. A lot of them used to be like, if we're looking like back at um, A Bug's Life, um, usually the shorts would be somewhat tied to what we were about to watch in, in some fashion. 
uh, and then or they they'd slowly... be, or the character would be. Oh yeah, the or movie. the character would be in it. And yeah, then... Jerry's game. Yeah, had literally. Uh, uh, or or they were testing an animation style before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I believe uh, Nemo was one that they they were testing an animation style with the bird. Uh, I think that might have been in front of Dory. Where they were like, yeah, we just made this to test out water and sand particles, and then we made a story of it. Yeah, um, which yeah. leads to a very cool <laughs> fact that you mentioned to me earlier, Richard, was about how they tease upcoming movies so pixar actually does a unique thing for one their pixar all of pixar's films are technically in the same world um and what they do is in each of their movies in chronological order they include one little thing little easter egg that shows you what their next movie is going to be Mm -hmm. so as an example in i believe it was finding nemo um in the dentist's office scene, a kid is reading a comic book that's literally The Incredibles. And The Incredibles came out the following year. Wow. Yeah. Um, in Monsters, Inc., they actually show uh, one of the the main kid plays with um, Nemo, uh, like a stuffed version of Nemo. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do countless examples of that. Um, people were literally looking in Seoul to figure out what the next movie was. <laughs> Wait, did someone figure out what in um what was their last movie? Was it Inside Out? What um what came out right before Soul? Uh, that's just Toy Story. Might have been Toy Story. I don't know, I but I want I wanted to know if there was something in the previous movie that had to do with Soul. There was actually. It was a uh, it was a sign either on a bus or at a bus stop, and it was for um. Uh, saxophone chick oh uh, wow yeah okay that's cool that mm-hmm. is really cool but uh i feel like that's a good lead into uh some of the conspiracies because obviously that's something that may oh. have started as a conspiracy theory oh yeah and was proven to be true but there i i think there are no shortage of conspiracy theories oh especially disney. surrounding walt disney himself there's a ton like his head is frozen, <laughs> frozen. inside uh, <laughs> i almost said mount mordor <laughs> 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 his head is what was the mountain uh rushmore no 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 no, no. the mountain oh in space mountain or in uh matterhorn matterhorn yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. them that's what? why i said mordor uh there's a there's a conspiracy theory surrounding walt disney that he got his head chopped off when he died and it is kept frozen cryogenically inside the matterhorn is this the inspiration between the heads and the jaws in futurama uh no well uh, i don't know about that because technically the like heads in the jar thing have also had to do with the haunted mansion because there's a whole like they have talking and singing busts mm, inside yeah. of haunted but mansion, you never too. know that might that might be one but yeah. um we mentioned earlier that one of the things it was like known that walt was a chain smoker and a heavy, heavy drinker. drinker um but the reason why this is kind of in the conspiracy category is that um walt disney very famously tried to project a persona that was Walt Disney. Um, and like he would always make sure if he was on screen or he was being filmed, he wouldn't smoke and he wouldn't drink and he wouldn't curse and he wouldn't do any of that kind of stuff because he wanted Walt Disney to be a family-friendly icon. Um, <clears throat> and I was watching a documentary about him and uh, one of the guys that he used to work with in the animation studio would say, um, would hear him say I am not Walt Disney. Walt Disney is a different man than I am. I I drink, I smoke, I I swear, I do all this stuff, but Walt Disney doesn't do that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he had this like weird separation between his public and private life. Um, Which could possibly be the inspiration for celebrities today because there's definitely some celebrities out there that keep their public and private lives completely separate. They're like, well, when I'm on screen, I act like this. When I'm off screen, that's why like so, like paparazzis get so big. We're like, oh, I took a picture of this person smoking a cigarette and they never do that. It's yeah, like, and like celebrities nowadays, it's almost like a given that if you're a celebrity, your private life you, you is non-existent yeah, like yeah. you don't have one anymore but um what was really interesting is that he was famously a extremely difficult man to deal with uh in a business setting um so much so that apparently uh the animators would know he would come into a room because he would cough loudly down the hallway and most people would think, oh, it's just because he's a heavy smoker. Like, he is coughing because he's got a smoker's cough. But he would do that to announce to the animators, hey, look, the boss is in the building. Like, it, it's time to go. Like, you, you better make sure everything, everyone's working hard. He comes in, and he would be very, very selfish with his time. He would be like, hey, what do you got for me today? Like, what what's going on? Um, and apparently, he would be very very uh cheap with his compliments like he did not give them out if he was happy with something you said he would say let's go with that but if he was not happy with what you said apparently he would very famously raise an eyebrow first and as you kept going and he was getting less and less impressed with what you were saying he would just cut you off yeah and would be like "Uh, and what do you have to add to that is that it stuff like that It'd correct people very quickly. Funnily enough, um, so there was a more recent movie in the past 10 years um, about uh, Mary Poppins. Stop with your brain and my brain. <laughs> I was literally going to say the same thing. <laughs> like you guys are brothers. <laughs> uh, it's a movie called Saving Mr. Banks. Um, it really, uh, they have Tom Hanks play Walt Disney. I would say it's a kind interpretation to Disney. Yeah, they actually kind of show minor glimpses into that alternate persona because of how, um, we'll say forceful he was in a kind way to literally the author of the Mary Poppins books. You can definitely tell that he, when he wanted something, he got something. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though they showed him in that charming Tom Hanks way. You could definitely tell he there, there's there was a moment an alternate where the author goes, uh, I don't want any singing. I don't want any cartoons. I, I just want a retelling of my book. Uh, I think it's around the same what she yeah. said. She's like, no songs, none, none of that. I don't want this froofy stuff to be around my stuff, around, around my book. And eventually... Walt Disney just whittles away at her constantly. Yep. Gets gets them to gets his company to do what he imagined for the book, and then kind of just goes. She's like, "This is not what I wanted." And he's like, "Well, it's gonna it's what you're gonna get because this is this is my vision for your book. It doesn't really matter what you're what you what you want." Funnily enough, that's kind of the ends up being the moral of the movie. Basically, like, look, this is how I saw the character. I understand that you're the author. This is the way you wrote it, but. Isn't Mary Poppins for everybody? Yeah. You like anyone who reads this interprets it in their own way. Yeah. So and it, it's a charming story, and obviously, but you can definitely tell like 
Disney because it's a Disney movie. He was they're very gonna attached push to his it own ideas. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he they his vision the is the thing. vision that was Disney. And what's funny is that um he was known to be like a very family oriented guy. Um apparently they'd tried for like kids for him and his wife had tried to have children for a while before they had their first daughter. Um and then apparently they the second child the second daughter is adopted um they didn't try any further but um what's interesting is that he was well known to pick up his children from school every day until they started driving themselves um would bring them to the studio so like he was very close with his family um and apparently one of the reasons as to why there's kind of a lack of positive mother figures in Disney films or the older Disney films, like uh, like Peter Pan. There's no mother in Peter Pan. It's just a dad. Um, I think like yeah, obviously Cinderella, obviously Cinderella's has a stepmother. They're all dead. Yeah, they're all dead. Is because um, he apparently felt responsible for the death of his own mother. That's right. Because um, apparently he would hire contractors to help out around the house and well, to he also repair bought things. them a home he bought them a home yeah uh and then apparently a repair on the furnace didn't go well and his mother died of carbon monoxide poisoning yeah. and he felt responsible for that apparently um uh, so yeah it's a heavier good. one that's not good that's why every mom died of carbon monoxide poisoning uh, throughout every film <laughs> yeah i i remember it yeah. um but where yeah. are Lilo's parents in Lilo and Stitch? We don't know. Carbon, carbon monoxide. monoxide. Whoa. <laughs> um, so hey, one volcanoes of the... give out carbon monoxide. <laughs> they fell in a volcano. <laughs> Something that is a little bit more uh, socially prevalent today, and I think part of the reason why we picked this topic, oh my goodness, um, is that Disney actually just had a recent uh, quote-unquote controversy with their Disney Plus subscription which is their streaming service, they actually just took a bunch of classic films. Um, Peter Pan, Dumbo, I think, is included in that list, and there's a few others, and took them off of the kids' profiles. So as a, if you created a kid's, or if you had a kid's profile on Disney+, Plus, you wouldn't be able to watch these it's classic Disney the films. Filter. Yeah, um, and you had to have the adult profile to be able to watch, to be able to watch them. And that's purely because, as a side effect of today's society, there are depictions in these old films that are definitely bordering, if not, are racist. If you don't know, the most obvious one is in Dumbo, where the crows are Jim, like one of them, they're called Jim Crows. And that's literally a reference to Jim Crow laws. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and obviously the depictions are very borderline um if not more so and then they also had a couple um films that they don't even have on disney plus the specific one being a movie called song of the south that they released a long time ago as part of their kind of live action in this case live action and animated um which at the time that's where splash mountain is from yes the brer tales which are the canterbury tales which is what they're based off of Mm -hmm. um at the time, I guess any depictions of that would uh, usually get approved by the uh, NAACP, I believe, at the time was. And it is 
heavily prevalent that Disney did not get approval for for them before he released that movie. Mm. Um, and so that you will not be able to find. They have never released it on DVD. There is... Just bearing it. There's literally just pirated versions that were released on Laserdisc in like the 80s. You will not be able to find that. And the only time, because it's been a very long time, eventually it may either go public domain because they have never renewed it at all, or before it eventually will go up for public domain, it may get a release. Which might be an edited one. But Well, it, there's nothing they can edit out of that movie. <laughs> like, it is... It is pretty heavy, especially in today's today's society and stuff like that. There's no walking back from that. No. And I'm, I'm sure, like, there are a bunch of probably media articles and, like, very new, like, grabby headline news articles and stuff about, like, oh, Disney's taking these off. It's all because of this. But, like, in all honesty, I feel as though it might seem heavy-handed at first but it's probably positive for the long run because if your kids kids pick up anything and everything so quickly like it it's probably better if it's not on a kid's profile if you really want to show that to your kids you can watch it as a family and be able to explain why certain things are different to what's acceptable in today's standard anyway yeah well and what they actually did is they did actually what Warner Brothers did for their Looney Tunes cartoons before the movie start they have basically a, a warning basically saying this was released during a time and these depictions are definitely not okay. not okay yeah. and things like that yeah. but not, like so, obviously kids aren't gonna read that no, so, no, no which no. is why they, they moved took it, it off from the kids, the kids profiles, to, exactly yeah, so parents have to have that still my favorite one of those is on the beginning of south park or just basically at you read through it it's it gives you the like the one was like these are based these are based on real people but are not Real people, they're right. spoofs. And then at the end of every one of their things, they say, nobody should watch South Park. <laughs> and I'm They literally like, did an entire season where they their hashtag was cancel South yeah, Park. Yeah, cancel South Park. I'm like, I'm like, why did you just put that on? Like, why did you just say, don't watch this movie? Like, you know, it's just the same. It's like, hey, this is an old movie. If you don't like racial profiling, don't watch it. If you're just going to watch it for historical yeah. reasons so you know what we've made. Go ahead. I but. feel like that's such an important thing. Like, I hate when people call for things to be removed entirely or, like, blacked out so that certain things aren't there. Like, oh. you need to, like, part, an important part of history is learning from it understanding. and understanding mm -hmm. why things are not okay. So, like, because I, I, first thing that just pops into my mind is... Like, you've got to learn from history or you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. So, um, but I think as we start coming to a close, it would be nice to move on to um, what we like about Disney, whether it's a specific property or whether it's a, like a studio team. Right before um, that. Yes. If you don't know, there's some other conspiracy theories. I'm going to touch on real quick. They're oh. about inappropriate moments in Disney movies. Yeah. I'm gonna mention like the big three out there, uh, besides the Little Mermaid poster and the the secret phallic oh, object that's yeah. in it. Uh, look, yeah. use the word appropriate for it. Um, <laughs> so there's like three big ones that uh, I'm gonna take like one minute to go through them. There's a cloud that's in Lion King, uh, cloud slash stars that's like spells out S E X <laughs> into the sky. 
this when one is at a specific this, time. <laughs> this is exactly the same way if you're laying on a on a mountain or a hill somewhere going, "Oh, look, that cloud looks like this." It totally could look like that, but it's it's another like kind of falsified rumor. Um, in Little Mermaid, the minister has a possible hard phallic object in his lower waist, um, but uh, in reality, it's just the like his robes look a certain way. Um, and this is this spawned from like like years upon years of people going, "Oh, the animators are slipping in all this kind of naughty stuff into this." Um, like a, a real one is uh, not Disney, but uh, the Rescuers. The first movie has an actual scene of nudity in it. Um, when they're like flying in the sky, they pass a building, and there's a clip. Uh, there's a, there's nudity in the background, and that's why that movie got pulled. That that's Disney, by the way. Oh, that is the, okay. So that's why that one's not on uh, Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, that makes sense then, um, because that one. Oh, that is Disney. Okay, yeah, okay. rescuers so that, and rescuers down under. That's why rescuers Disney. down under is the only movie that's on Disney Plus. That and makes the rescuers sense. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's some there's some. Uh, I, oh, I'm glad what I was reading today yeah. <laughs> actually mattered to this. Um, and then there's one more uh, that people have rep- replayed over and over again is uh, when Aladdin is like floating up to Jasmine's room and he's like, he's like, oh, I just got to get the confidence. Uh, and right before uh, a whole new world. Yeah. Right before a whole new world. Um, the, there's a line that he, he people think he says, good teenagers take off your clothes. Um, and I'm guessing the real line is actually "Good Kitty, take off and go" because he's talking to. Um, Which really sa- sounds exactly the same. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how it's you could have it. So under the breath, it's. I've <laughs> tried to listen for it. It's just really hard it. to hear. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, the first time I I, I, I definitely have seen the 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 cloud thing from Lion King, but as as. As was pointed out in the little text, it says that the special SFX. effects team yeah. argued that it says F- SFX, which I could see. It's just, I mean, it's just a capital E to a capital F. Yeah, it's very, very. Otherwise, it's the same same letter. But, you know, it's like one of those things. Did you think about that before you put it? <laughs> well, and to go over one more, actually, in Disney parks, uh, there's lots of little fun secrets and then also some very bad ones. So in Disney parks, there's uh, hidden Mickey's, literally the the shape of Mickey's ears, and it's three circles. Pirates of the Caribbean used to have a good one on the armor. On the, at the it's end. still there, actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there are that actually is the Imagineers, the guys who create the rides in Disney parks. They put that in there. Mm. They, um, they did it as a way to call out the classic things and just to kind of put little secrets in, and then it became a, a tradition that they kept doing. Um. And then there's also bad things associated with Disney parks, um, most of which have to do with injuries or deaths because they basically get swept under the table, oh. even though obviously they're, the people get financial compensation and stuff like that. But the only one that I have ever heard of outside of news or whatever was actually Big Thunder Mountain inside of Disneyland. Um, there was a death associated with that where a brake system failed and one of the the carts derailed. And so as there was one person that died and then like two or three people got injured. But it was like never written about all that stuff because any of the the park injuries or anything like that swip, swiftly get well, like wow. taken It's care just of. like employment at Disney as well. Yeah. It's very strict and rigid. If you're if you're a uh, mascot, I don't remember what they they have a name for them for Disney. The characters? Yeah. 
if you're a character, because they, yeah, they don't call them mascots. Mm-hmm. There's also a very strict regimen about how they have to handle themselves. Yeah. Um, and if you break that, it's like you're done. Um, but let's get into, <laughs> uh, do you like Disney? Um, I would say it's 100 thumbs up. Um, I really do. I really don't like when people are like, "Well, there was one racist thing about twenty years ago." Where they're like, "Well, Disney was an anti-Semitist, and you know he hated people of color as well." I'm like, "Okay, great. Let's keep going." Do you hate the company? Do you hate the messages that they give out to kids? Do you hate like these twelve other things that are good about them? I really, do- I don't, I don't like it when people go, "There was one bad thing that's really, really bad that closes off the whole company." I'm like. Okay, but when people have when people take something and they redo it completely and then put a positive spin on it, does that change? Do we not talk to Germany anymore for what happened? Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's taking things to a whole new level that I'm like, well, there was the Holocaust. I can't go to Germany anymore. It's, it's just, uh, that's inappropriate. It's I, kind of what I, we've already uh, mentioned too, like recognizing that stuff and understanding it is part of absolutely. not repeating it. And absolutely. it's also knowing that um, one one person may have held those beliefs or a couple people, but they were part of a larger team that had a larger vision. Yeah. And that, may, that belief may not have made its way into that overarching vision and as you were describing earlier even walt disney himself he didn't put out the whatever views he has whether they're true or not he didn't put out those views as walt disney he he was like walt disney's a family man he's yeah. he works for all he makes sure he doesn't swear he's good to all and so that's why i really like disney today is because all the messages in all of their films are so good for children today like sharing uh having dreams and aspirations um Dealing, uh, making sure you're kind to others. Going through bad things is okay. Having emotions is fine. Um, dealing with death is okay. You're allowed to understand and try to figure that out for yourself. It's like, I mean, Pixar is, I feel like, what the main way that Disney has reinvented themselves. Mm-hmm. But even their own movies have, have shown just great qualities. And, you know, they really can help everybody who is out there. I don't think directly the movies are like the most life-changing thing out there, but they are for some people. Yeah. And that's that's really why I appreciate them. Plus, their parks are fun. Well, and I think the company as a whole has evolved vastly since, obviously, the 50s. They, they have shown that they listen to what's going on in the current day and age. They have, um, well, for one, like as an example, Moana, they had um, a ton of, of different Pacific Islander, Oceanic um, culture people consult on those movies. Um, they did the same thing for Frozen. They're, they're teams that they, they have for research and everything like that. Tons and tons of time. And they've started to recognize that they need people from those cultures to be involved and if they want to make it as iconic and authentic as possible. So I can appreciate that they've They've taken the time. They've recognized, like, we can't just make a film like we used to and basically whitewash it. It doesn't yeah. work anymore. And, like, I when I saw this as a prompt, I was like, oh, man, I hate Disney. Uh, like, just Disney stuff. Like, I, I hate it as a kid because I hate song and dance routines. <laughs> I hate all that kind of – couldn't stand Aladdin – Lion King I liked for like all of a hot minute. 
Um, but I just don't like song stuff, like musical stuff, unfortunately. And I'm sorry because I know I'm in the same room as you two. Um, but I saw you put not Marvel, not Star Wars. I'm like, oh, no. But then I was thinking, and I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Uh, Coco was a Pixar yes. one. Yeah, and Coco was Pixar. So if we're considering Pixar, I, do. I really enjoyed Coco because I think it, like Michael was saying earlier, it helps come to terms with death. But then it also brings the whole, like, showing children who may not have been exposed, like I wasn't as a kid, to Hispanic culture, uh, a whole nother side of the world that they may not have been exposed to in a really beautiful and touching way um, that's really engaging and easy for children to enjoy. No, so I, I like that movie. On a similar vein, that's why I appreciate Princess and the Frog. It Very showed off so. a culture... Uh, that's in New Orleans, which is also heavily inspired by jazz. Um, and that whole culture of New Orleans is very unique. It's definitely that that weird bayou-like feeling when you go over there. That's You know, you don't have that a lot of those all over the world. You know, weird swamp things happening and, and a whole new, like, like, what's voodoo? Does that come from New Orleans or is that, you know, from another place? And it kind of dives into that, where it comes from. And I, I really appreciate New Orleans for the same reason. I mean, sorry, Princess and Frog for the same reason. Yep. Um, but we wanted to finish off with this lovely little conversation about what Disney is doing today. Uh, we'll take a couple minutes to just go through it. Is that they started to do premium services with Disney Plus. Yeah. Where they offer new movies that would have been released in the theaters for $30 on top. I hate it. Now, hold on. <laughs> Before we get into hate, because I feel like we we all dislike it in some way, the only way I've seen positive for this is for a big family who doesn't want to go to the movies. Yeah. Is $30 is much cheaper than buying all of your kids' drinks and food and movie tickets. But you're already paying for the service. You're True. Or, if you weren't already, if it was like $30 for everyone and then $15 for Disney Plus subscribers, I would hate it. But I would hate it a little bit less. I can understand but, that. So the Disney, I guess, has called it their experiment with Disney Premier Access or whatever they're calling it. And they've done it now for two movies. They did it for Mulan and they've done it for Raya and the Last Dragon. I don't I would love to be able to see the numbers on it. And I've seen multiple social media posts from uh, people that I know that have done it um, for Rhea specifically, not as much for Mulan. Um, I just don't see it as sustainable is the main thing. It's a very steep price. Well, their CEO, I, I don't know if he tweeted out saying that this is the new way that they're going to just be doing movies from now on. I mean, obviously still having theater releases, but anybody who wants to stay home and watch it, they can just do it for 30 bucks. I, I mean, I agree. I'm not a big fan of it. And I, at the same time, I can understand if you have a family of four, technically, I guess three, it would be a, about equivalent because movie tickets are between 10 and 15 bucks, depending on when you go. At home. And, and yeah. this is really Disney's own. They're trying to throw their own little spin on early access and early access products, which today um has become a really big thing like yeah. a lot of industries are kind of like dealing with early access and having a lot of the um i want to say 
what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, when you're building up a product and you're you're still it's not released Beta? yet, but it's still being uh, pre-release. Oh, you're talking about um um. <laughs> uh, this is the section the of audience. the podcast that just ums and ahs because yeah, nobody the, can remember the, it. Uh, market testing. No, uh, no, no. It's not the act of the testing of it. It's uh, when you're trying to get revenue to like lay the foundations for your product. That's a word that yep. I'm sure. Oh, you're, you're talking about um, like what Kickstarter does. Um, is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about similar along those veins? Yeah. Just use that word yep. at, when they kickstart a product. <laughs> but essentially, I know what you're talking about. That's where they're trying to get a lot of revenue these days is through this and getting the mass market to know about uh, this product and to try and crowdfund. Yes. Um, and that's kind of, I can see that as Disney throwing their own spin on that whole thing. They're which more is, like startup capital is kind of what they're which, trying to do. Which but. is yes. funny though. Which is funny though because the movie's already done. Well, they don't that's need the, thing. the, the money's money already it. spent. But yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean there. Uh, but the the issue, and we'll obviously talk about this more in our next episode, is they're more or less trying to double dip. Yes. And that becomes the bigger issue Cause for that there's style of absolutely going to be somebody who goes, oh yeah, I paid for the 30 bucks. I want to go to the movies and see it with some friends and too. And I think with our experience, and we'll talk about it more next week, um, you can really see where... <laughs> Some companies can kind of die by the sword a little bit when, when they do try that double dipping on early access. Yeah, absolutely. And it may end up causing a snowball effect to a negative effect. We'll, we'll see. See how the experiment goes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Corey, Richard, and Michael. Uh, and this has actually been a lot of fun talking about Disney. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy talking about Disney a lot. But as always, if you can rate, review, subscribe, find us on any social media, mm -hmm. uh, follow that link tree to wherever you want to go. There are different options. It's a choose your own adventure. Uh, <laughs> Take the fourth option one day. Take the sixth option a different day. You never know. <laughs> um, but as always, any feedback, anything, if you want to tell us what your favorite Disney movie is, a Disney product, if you have a weird fact about Walt Disney, I want to know about it. Um, and yeah, yeah, we'll see you there. Yeah. Um, a quick rundown. There's mental health casuals. There's casual bros. There's uh, there's anime casuals. There's us. There's probably some other casual products out there in the, in the works. We'll see what happens. And as always, stay Disney. Because it's a word now. <laughs>